0: Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. I often talk about faith as a journey. There are times when we coast along, when the road is smooth and gentle. Perhaps these are times when our sense of God's presence is steady, times when we think we know what we believe. Perhaps there are times when the road climbs steeply uphill. Maybe maybe these are times when life is hard and keeping a grasp on our faith is nothing less than strenuous. We struggle to make sense of where God is or what God might be up to. We wonder how our faith is at all helpful for what we are facing. At times, the scenery along the way is so breathtaking that we can't help but be in awe of God's work. At times, we encounter roadblocks. At any stage of the journey, we need fuel to keep us going. Our biblical tradition is rich with journey stories. When reflecting on our own journeys, We have no shortage of biblical journeys to turn to if we're seeking metaphor or analogy for our own experience. Abram's journey from Haran to Canaan is one. We all know that life throws curveballs. We know that at some point any one of us is likely to encounter the unexpected. We can be surprised in pleasant and unpleasant ways. Events may shake us off course. But I think it's another thing entirely to undertake a journey when you do not know where you are going. Specifically, when you know that you do not know where you are going. With enough years under our belts, most of us will look back and realize that when we first set out, we didn't know where we would end up. But it is a different thing to know that from the outset, as Abraham apparently did. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. I invite people to share their faith journeys in a variety of ways, in a variety of settings. Some versions of my new member classes invite participants to share their faith journeys. So some of you have done that with me in that setting. One year, I invited folks to gather at the beginning of Lent to share and reflect on our faith journeys with the intention of considering how lessons from our journeys up to that point might teach us something about how to travel a meaningful journey through Lent that year. Whenever I do this sharing of faith journeys, I typically invite people to draw a contoured timeline, a line that shows both ups and downs over the years. I invite people to note significant events of various kinds. I'm wondering this month, how would I draw these past five years on the timeline of my faith journey? What notes would I write? And how would you draw these past five years on the timeline of your faith journeys? What notes would you write? The 11th century Benedictine monk Anselm coined the phrase, faith-seeking understanding. He essentially said this is what theology is, faith-seeking understanding. One way of looking at this is to see faith as that internal experience of God or spirituality, while understanding is how we make sense of that or put it into words. I know that my understanding is continually evolving. I don't think the heart of my faith has changed dramatically over the course of my life, but the ways I understand God the ways I would put my faith into words, has evolved dramatically. One piece of what this particular five-year leg of my journey has been for me is a time of experimenting and playing and growing in how I talk about my faith and how I articulate various particulars of Christian theology. You are a community where assumptions about the Christian faith cannot be taken for granted. You are a community who will not hesitate to challenge your pastor. You ask keen questions. You reject easy answers. You challenge traditions. You do not hesitate to express what is difficult or troubling about Christian doctrine. So, more often than I can possibly count, being your pastor has forced me to ask myself, what do I really believe? How might I re-examine something I have taken for granted? What underlying assumptions do I need to expose and examine in order to talk about this? How can I talk about this in ways that are clear, and hopefully compelling. Over and over I have asked myself questions like these, wrestling in new ways, not so much with the faith that lives inside me, and not with God, but wrestling with my own understanding of my faith, and how to talk about it. I can hardly express how delicious this has been for me. This part of my work and my role has been an enormous source of delight. It is so fun. This will always stand out as a significant part of the journey I have walked with you. And I am so grateful to you all. I think you know that I do bring both head and heart to this work. I don't mean to overemphasize the head part. But without a doubt, the head part of me has grown in this time. I say this so often that it is now redundant, but here I go again. I see faith as always simultaneously having both an individual and a collective dimension. Faith can be very personal. It has this individual dimension that is simply between me and God, between you and God, Many practices of our faith are private, and some of the greatest wrestlings of our souls happen deep inside, invisible to anyone else. But I believe that God intentionally calls us into community for the growth and practice of our faith. I believe that the support of community and also the challenges of community are utterly necessary for our faith to mature, and so not only have I been on a journey these five years, and not only has each one of you been on a journey these five years, but there is a shared journey that we have traveled together as a community. In the one words of one hymn that we'll sing a little later on this morning, we are pilgrims on a journey. We're together on this road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. What can we say about this journey? Being a collection of individuals means that each one of us will have a different answer to that question. But I have just a few thoughts. And maybe my thoughts are more hopes than anything. Hopes for how we have traveled this stretch of road together hopes for what we have attempted, and what we have learned, and where we have arrived at, knowing that any arrival is only a pause along the way, a pause in a journey that then continues on. I hope there are some things from our shared journey that will be useful to us in the next leg of our respective journeys. I mentioned Abram's journey, which we heard about in our reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Our other reading this morning reminds us of a different journey, the shared journey Moses and the Israelites took out of Egypt. The book of Exodus tells us, The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. This church has been in an ongoing process of taking a close look at our life together and charting a way forward. We've called it the Pathway Process. Adopting that name was almost accidental. Pathway is one of the words in the title of the first book some of us read together, a book about congregational renewal. We rejected most of the model outlined in that book, but we kept the name Pathway. Pathway. And I like how the image of a pathway is consistent with the sense of being on a journey. In my first several months here, my impression of this church was that there was not a strong sense of cohesion or unity, that this church could move off in all kinds of different directions all at the same time. But through the journey of discovery in my time here, through listening and learning, it became clear that the sense of cohesion here actually is very, very strong. We just needed to do a better job of naming or articulating it and reinforcing it. The plan that has emerged from this process is more a plan for process than a plan for a definite product. There is no five-year plan. Instead, the plan or process looks a whole lot like putting one foot in front of the other. It looks a whole lot like traveling together on a journey. The truth is that like Abram, we cannot know exactly where we are going. We can articulate our hopes and our visions, and we have done that and will continue to do that. But like Abram, we don't know quite where we will end up. The truth of this uncertainty makes it so important that we attend to how We travel together. It makes it so important that we listen for God's guidance. I am convinced that God will keep us on track if we earnestly seek God's guidance. And what this means for congregational life is that we build in practices of reflection and discernment into everything we do. Moses and the Israelites got a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. I have never had God's guidance be quite so clear as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But one of my dearest hopes for this community has been that we grow in our ability to listen for God's guidance as we travel. In our shared life together, our shared journey, we look for something different than a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. Instead of visual symbols in the sky, We sense God's guidance by asking ourselves where we and others in the church have felt most engaged, have felt most alive. Where do we see people most motivated? What are the most life giving aspects of this church's life and ministries and relationships? Who are we? Who is Davis United Methodist Church at our very best? I trust that these questions help us listen for God's guidance. Because God is a God of life, and God's spirit and movement are life-giving. Where we sense vibrant life, I trust that God is at work there. Where we sense vibrant life, I trust that God is inviting us to join in God's work. Abram had his own way of hearing where God was leading him. Scripture tells us that God spoke to Abram and instructed him where to go. We are unlikely to hear God's voice quite so clearly and definitively. But there is one part of God's message to Abram that is also God's message to us. If we return to the book of Genesis to find Abram's story, we find this. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. We cannot know exactly where we are headed on this journey called faith. But wherever God leads us, I am convinced That every way God blesses us is intended to make us a blessing to the world. The journey of faith may take you uphill and down, past roadblocks and through times when you need to refuel, but no matter where the journey takes you, God blesses you so that you can be a blessing. As the people of the Davis United Methodist Church continue on this journey, May your ministries bless people seeking a church home. May your ministries bless the community of Davis. And may your ministries be a blessing to the world. Amen.